And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everybody, I'm Nando DeFino, and I'm here to bring you The Chris Vaccaro Show! Every other day of the week it's known as the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, but uh, today... The man who dictates every rundown and makes us talk about players who are rostered in more than 80% of leagues, Chris Vaccaro. Oh, wow. What a introduction, my <laughs> friend. And welcome back from vacation. Um, you are a special person, my friend. And, uh, you know, I, I, thanks for taking my phone calls this past week, even though I kept trying to get in touch with you. But you're a big shot now on the MLB network making appearances. But don't let fame go to your head, all right, my friend? I don't have any missed calls from you. Actually, there must have been like 10 or 15. Yeah, I don't think so, man. I was like, this guy's big time in me. This is ridiculous. I want to talk about the rundown. I want to talk about, you know, players that aren't rostered on more than like 1% of leagues. And he doesn't want to take my phone call because he's a TV superstar now. Did you really call? I honestly don't see any missed calls from you. I think you're just doing this for the show. Unless you show up as scam likely, then. uh... Oh, aren't those annoying, Nando? Yeah, I know. Anyway, let's get on to the show. Let's so uh, I had a nice week. rundown. I had a yeah, oh, great week. Great week. Great week. Um, great week. Awesome coming up week. or coming up or behind us? Uh, both. Hopefully, I mean it was definitely a great week nine in the uh, in fantasy world. A lot of high scoring games. A lot of players putting out massive production. Um, everything was really. It was a good week. It was a nice bounce back week from the prior week, which was just I thought the worst week in fantasy football. So hopefully, like- week ten goes uh, the same way. You feel like last week was chalk? Like, I felt like as I was, yeah. I was looking at the games and even looking at the box scores a little bit during the early games, the live box scores, I'm like, you know, there's not there's not a guy who's really jumped out and surprised me that, because, you know, everything, look at, oh, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And it was just like everyone who was supposed to do well, or everyone, I guess everyone who was doing well was a name that we've, you know, kind of talked about a lot already. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. But, you know, it. Even on the chalky weeks, there's guys that bomb. I mean, that's just going to happen every Sunday. You know, I think James Conner, first name that comes to my head, it was the biggest surprise of this past Sunday. Um, you know, Steelers playing the Bengals this week. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good bounce back game right there. You, and and he played less than uh, I think fifty percent of the snaps, James Conner. So you don't know if they said, all right, listen, it's midway through the season. We're playing Dallas. As 14-point favorites. This actually backfired on them, but maybe they went into the game with a plan saying, you know, let's limit Connor's workload this week. Halfway through the season, he's been getting a heavy workload before this past week. Let's, you know, go more to Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland a little bit. Uh, take the load off him for a uh, for a week and then, you know, get back to it. Uh, you see that a lot now in the NFL. Uh, you know, the Titans even do that with Derrick Henry. Um you know, uh, one of those weeks when they had a Thursday night game coming up. Hey, you know, you know what's interesting about what we just brought up that I hadn't thought about at all. Uh, maybe that had something like the the Steelers bye week. You know, got moved. 
Yeah. Maybe that had something to do. Like, this is, this is right. I can't remember. I think it was week seven when it was supposed to be, but maybe this is part of the plan. Like, of course. Connor was supposed to get rest when his normal bye week was going to be happening. So, yeah. I mean, that's the I way like that. I was I like thinking that theory. it. Because there was really no explanation for Connor, who's been a, you know, a top six, seven fantasy running back to just disappear this past Sunday, uh, you know, and, and pretty much do nothing. But, I think it was this was the perfect week to give them a little break. They don't have any bye weeks, uh, like you said, and it's going to go every week. You can't just keep giving the guy the ball twenty five times and take a pounding, especially James Conner, who's been you know susceptible to you know getting nicked up. So uh, you know this was the perfect week to give him a break. Let's see if they go right back to him with twenty plus carries this week. Well, you know what I found interesting this week, um, and you're going to hate this, but I have oh. to do it. Well, look, because all right. So here's the, the let's pull back the curtain. I want to do a show, and we're gonna do the show Thursday instead. I think on the handcuffs and just give everyone an update on like who takes over if this guy's out. Um, but I thought it was interesting, and this is kind of born out of this that you know we had all been assuming it's Benny Snell, Benny Snell, Benny Snell, and it was actually Anthony McFarland who was on the field a lot. And I was watching the game like that's McFarland again, um, and it didn't show up much in the stat sheet, but uh, he, I think he played exactly the same amount of snaps or right around the same amount of snaps as Benny Snell, but did a lot more with his carries. Um, changing of the guard, Chris? Is there, is, I mean, look, if, look, if you've got James Conner and you're, yeah. you've got Benny Snell to back him up, which is really important this time of year, are you thinking, like, maybe I should take a look at McFarland instead? Or Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that's one of those situations where there's no clear-cut backup, like if the starter goes down. Like, if you're a Conner owner and you're looking at the wire and both of these guys are somehow available, you know, on the wire— it's not a clear cut. All right, let me go get Benny Snell. It, it's not like a Dalvin Cook. Let me go to the wire and see if Madison is there, or you know, one of those situations. It's they rotate, and every week is like a little bit of a different plan. And what's been annoying as a James Conner owner is it seems like when they get inside the five, Benny Snell keeps coming in to take those carries. So maybe they like a more down in the red zone, but McFarland with you know between the twenties as the as the guy to come in for Conner. I, uh, I actually had pulled in, in the alternate universe show that we're doing that I actually wrote a rundown for that you approved of. I pulled. Uh, How many the, times in this uh, hour are you going to mention that I scrapped the, the podcast idea of doing it all on handcuffs? Because well, no, there's three now. I'm there was a second wondering. one. Okay. It was Red Zone Target Leaders. I had a whole list of them. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I thought it was pretty ex- Actually, it was exciting. From week six <laughs> to nine, Red Zone Target Leaders. Um, mm-hmm. But I won't get into that now. Let's get into show. whatever you want to get into. No, this is your you know show, my do? friend. No, this is the Christopher Carroll show. Well, I mean, in fact, you oh, say man. tomato, I say tomato. I just had a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, give me a second. Yeah, I know. Uh oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh boy, on the fly. Nando's ideas on the fly. Stay tuned I for live that. For them. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. So Bills Cardinals is this week. I want to look ahead to Week Ten. Um, yeah. First of all, this is the probably the happiest you'll ever see Chris Vaccaro. I, um, I mean, you, you took twenty twenty out of my mouth. Well, twenty twenty week ten has like seventeen four o'clock games. <laughs> all right, you- so wait, do you know why this is though? I, I actually somebody brought this up on Twitter last night, and I and I was like, okay, this makes sense. Do you know why um, there's five one o'clock games and six four o'clock games and no CBS games early this week? Are they showing Rudolph? It's because the Masters is on in November. Uh, the Masters right. got moved, and CBS will have the Masters on all day Sunday, which is so weird. If 
for the people listening that are sports lovers like I am, I mean, that's a rough Sunday. Not to be able to watch the final round of the Masters because I won't be watching that. I'll be watching football. But that's <laughs> going to be some Sunday coming up. What a jock. Yeah. Oh, football. golf. Football. No, I love golf. That's so you're wrong right there. I love golf. Put in any lineups? Esther's got, Esther actually has a really good column on our site, by the way. Esther's the man, uh, yeah. and I will be reading his column and trying to take some advice. Yeah, I, I like to always bet the big um, golf events, so I have a couple of plays in already. I want to sneak preview your column, which you haven't written yet, but uh, mm-hmm. usually, usually, like you've, you've got this pattern, and it's a good one where you talk about like the game of the week and the one that's going to be super high scoring. Yeah. And I was looking at the schedule. And I see, like, the Bills and Cardinals. And I know you love the Cardinals. They can go either way. The Cardinals' defense isn't great, so kind of whoever plays against them is in line for a big high-scoring week. Mm-hmm. There's Seahawks-Rams, which, you know, if you take this year's Seahawks and last year's Rams, or two years ago's Rams, that would have been a big blowout, but I'm not sure if it is anymore. Uh, and then I just immediately go to see where the uh, the Falcons are playing, but they're on a bye. <laughs> they're on a bye so there's, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there. No Falcons, no Cowboys this week. Yep. So, I mean, like, two of the, the best – Fantasy defenses, two of the best defenses the fantasy team can can play are out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think the the Chris Vaccaro patented game of the week is going to be? Oh, I mean, it's it's Arizona Buffalo by far, and um, and like you said, yeah, I guess I have a, a little bit of a pattern now, but I think we're ten weeks in, and you know what teams uh, are going to be able to produce fantasy goodness when they're matched up with the right opposing team, and. There's a good handful of, of teams that we focus in on, and this week, two of them just happen to be playing each other. And yeah, I, I write a lot about Arizona and Seattle, because guess what? That's where we get most of the fantasy production from every week. Let's look to this past week. My game of the week that I went in and talked about a little more was Buffalo-Seattle. Wound up with a 44-34 game and a shootout. Arizona on the flip side, 34-31 with Miami. Uh, Kyler Murray has the most fantasy points for a quarterback through nine weeks ever since 1950 i saw that stat yesterday it's crazy what this guy's doing along with this offense um so there's certain teams when they matched up yeah i wish atlanta was playing teams like that but there's still others that um you know we could focus in on um there's not that many great games with both sides you could see shootouts going on but that's those are definitely two of them uh the rams they're just one of those teams every week. You don't know. Are they going to come out and play a 20-10 to 10 defensive game like they did on Monday Night Football versus the uh, the Bears? Uh, or when they get a team like Seattle, this game could be a 41-35 uh, type of game. I, uh, I I don't know, man. I don't think I have any faith. Like, that – well, I guess faith Darrell Henderson's the- hurt. Well, faith in the Rams. Well, Henderson, we left off with Henderson before he went on the bye, Nando, with a thigh issue. But yeah. the last I heard of him, he, he's going to be absolutely fine. Uh, he'll practice this week leading up to the game. So and still all got, of yeah. uh, the Malcolm Brown uh, you know, and Cam Akers, this, the, the Cam Akers truthers still out there. Uh, and I don't think uh, they're going to get their uh, chance to shine. No, probably not. But that's what I'm saying. Like that, that Rams offense feels off to me. Uh, I know that's a little esoteric. Oh, but, I agree. Uh, no, I agree. Just, yeah, You're not wrong with saying that because they're just – I think I think why you say that, Nando, and most of us in our head is because we picture the Rams offense from two years ago flying up and down the field and just lighting the scoreboard up 40-something points every week. And, and it's just not like that 
anymore. You don't see them doing that. You know, they'll break that type of game out here and there, but it's not an every week offense explosion. Is and, that yeah? Are they getting a little too patriotsy? Like we don't care who we lose, we're still going to be awesome. And then maybe they're just not realizing that's not true. Well, I mean, because that's 2018. Like it's kind of like they were shedding these pieces. Yeah. Right. Well, like Todd Gurley gone. Uh, well, I mean, Gurley Brandon was the right Cooks. move to move on from the Cooks thing. See, I would have moved on from Brandon Cooks also. Too many concussions. Um, you know, he was he was getting hurt every other week for the Rams. So I can understand. Plus, they looked at Josh Reynolds at the time, I believe, and said, you know, for cheaper money, we could get this guy to step in as our number three right away. Yeah. Um, and Josh Reynolds is one of those guys. I drafted Josh Reynolds on a ton of my teams this past year, like last round. Just saying, all right, he's one Woods or Cooper Cup injury away from being a consistent every week, you know, fantasy start. And it hasn't happened this year yet. I still have hope for Josh Reynolds. Um, Early in the year, it looked terrible because Van Jefferson came in and made a nice impact. It looked like he took his job as the number three. Um, But they really don't use these tight ends. Tyler Higby's been a bust. It's yeah, just really waiting has. for Woods and Cup to be consistent, like top, you know, 12 wide receivers. It just doesn't happen. That team, dude, by the way, that team, remember that late season C.J. Anderson run? Yeah. That won a lot of titles for a lot of people. It sure did. It yeah. sure did. And that's why we're going to talk about the handcuffs on Thursday. Have fun. Uh, this Broncos-Raiders game, <laughs> by the way. I think that could, I think that could be a, yes. a sneaky, high-scoring affair. Like, Drew Locke is... I was going over stats in uh, Radar 360, mm-hmm. which is like the sport radar database of everything. And Drew Locke is throwing a, like a lot of air yards. Uh, they're just they're going nuts. Jerry Judy's got he's on the leaderboard for like 20 plus yard uh, attempts yep. through the air. Um, they're not. I mean, they're not afraid. It's a Pat Shermer offense. I get, we should have seen this coming, right? And on the other side, the Raiders are just kind of they got all these pieces and they're just not clicking yet. Yeah, um, I think me and uh, Beller last week filling in for you admirably, by the way, uh, we spoke about this Denver offense and how much we loved it going forward. And it almost bombed out this past week uh, in Atlanta. Um, you know, oh, hold on, I got breaking news. I got breaking news. Oh, uh, let's hear it. Ben Roethlisberger's on the COVID list. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ben so it wasn't even... It wasn't even the knee, and it wasn't even the knees that got not yet. <laughs> I guess there's still time. <laughs> wow, that's didn't I see somebody else on this? St- you know what? Vance McDonald got put on. That's I mean, it. Just popped in my head. Vance McDonald got put on yeah, the last COVID night. list yesterday for Pittsburgh, and and I think maybe one other Steeler. Roethlisberger hasn't tested positive himself. He's just been deemed a close contact of Vance McDonald, similar to what Matthew Stafford did last week, where he was a close contact, got all the negative tests, and then played on Sunday. So that's what we're looking at with Roethlisberger right now. Five days of isolation. Yeah, thanks for correcting Nando and his fake news. (laughs) What do you mean? He's on the COVID list. I didn't say he had it. He's on the COVID list. (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) You're right. Okay, I apologize. Anyway, yeah. so like like Beller just said, if um you know if this is another Stafford situation, you know he'll be ready to go this past Sunday. They're just isolating him away from the team for a couple of days. Uh, what if it's not? What if he has it? Uh, then it's Mason Rudolph time. That's and crazy, huh? And it's time to worry about your Steeler wide receivers. <laughs> your eight no Steelers. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were talking about the Denver Broncos. Yeah, we were talking about the Broncos. Before yeah. you rudely interrupted me. And uh, just p- doing a service for the people listening. <laughs> Uh, I love I love this Denver offense, and the, I think the highlight of my Sunday and a lot of people's Sundays was the Jerry Judy finally, uh, you know, the coming out party for Jerry Judy. So uh, that was huge. I think he, I think I want to say close to 15 targets. Looked like he established himself now as the main guy in this passing offense. Denver's got a bad defense. They're going to be in these high-scoring games. They just don't have that run game. Uh, you know, to rely on. It's like they, they use Lindsey and Gordon just to mix in a little bit, just to say like, hey, we're not throwing every down. But Jerry Judy is, um, I think the rest of the season, I'm hoping that he's going to be in this wide receiver two uh, conversation, the way this Denver offense is set up. Can Denver go on a run? I mean, they're three and five, but they're, no. they're, they're a good looking three and five team, at least uh, offensively. No, no they, right. they're, they're dead. They, they've got nothing. They've got too many injuries. Um, they've lost too many guys on the defensive side. And they're just a fun team to watch. That, I mean, the, we, you know, we're in the fantasy football world. They're, they're not a good NFL team. They're a good fantasy team. And you want to see your players play up against Denver. And you want to see and you want to have some shares of Denver players, you know, every week in your lineup. Which, like, which other ones do you want? Like, I know you, you I, get, I think it's safe to say you'd want Drew Locke. Who, by the way, like uh, probably should. I mean, he came back very early from his injury. I'm surprised he's doing this well when he was supposed to. Yeah, that uh, in some scenarios be out until now. He's he's got that Sam Darnold in him, like where he keeps getting nicked up, you know, all the time. These last year and a half, Drew Locke uh, does, and um, you know, we I sp- I I mentioned it last week. I was doing it on my Pat Mahomes teams, picking up Drew Locke two weeks ago, stashing him for this particular week versus the Raiders. And I actually had to use him in a, in a league this past week versus uh, Atlanta, and he, he showed up. He, he put up some really good fantasy numbers. So uh, that's the guy that you should be looking in as a bi-week replacement off the waiver wire versus uh, Vegas Raiders. You know what's funny to me uh, is you just said, like, as fantasy players, we look at you know different things. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. A fantasy player who hasn't paid attention to standings probably wouldn't realize the Colts are 5-3. and three. Right, like that team has been just a barren wasteland. It's it's just like chasing a moving dot of fantasy value on the Colts team. Just every there's, week, it's something new. There's really nothing there, Nando. It's you're right. You know, you look at the Colts as an offense, and it's like, geez, would I start a Colt? You know, everybody like I, I was completely wrong on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, six seven weeks ago. Um, I think he's know. hurt. Uh, right? hey, like, I, I, we, we're gonna have to give him the benefit of the doubt because we, you know, we got the reports a couple weeks ago that he was dealing with an ankle issue. Maybe he's gutting through an ankle issue, but um, it's just not there. He's killing fantasy owners that, and you can't not put him in because he's a starting running back in today's landscape. If you get a, sta- a starting running back who's gonna get the ball double digit times, he's an automatic play. Um, but he's he's busting. Every single week. And now they mix in Hines. They mix in Jordan Wilkins. Now it's a three-man rotation. It's just... And then at the receiver position, it's just a complete... You don't know what's happening every week. Is it the Zach Pascal week? Um, I will say one guy. Uh, now, this is another guy that I was adding a couple weeks ago as a stash. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. There you go. Yeah, that's a Vaquero move. So he, he popped out uh, a four for 56 this past week. It's... You just got to sit home. It's not somebody that I would play right now, 
it was just a move that I started adding at the end of my benches saying, hey, maybe I look up in week 11, 12, 13, and he's their number one guy. T.Y. Hilton shot. We've been saying it for 10 weeks now. Um, the tight ends, they got 14 of them. So it's just an offense you want to stay away from. It's a decent um, real-life NFL team. It's a terrible fantasy team. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's take a... I know you don't like talking about the Giants because all roads eventually lead to players who aren't rostered in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. But, and again, this is this is somewhat based on stats. But I just feel like, the you know how you feel like the Rams are kind of broken and weird? I feel like the Giants are starting to gel a little bit. Like, yeah. every week I watch the Giants, I'm like, this team's starting to look like a team, and they're almost, like, borderline exciting. Um, I might be wrong, but, like, Daniel Jones can break free for a run of 20 yards once in a while. Wayne Gallman's actually looking pretty good. Uh, Sterling Shepard's back. And that receiving core, actually, last week without Golden Tate, that receiving core seemed kind of spry and exciting. Darius Slayton's fun. Sterling Shepard's good. Evan yeah. Ingram's holding on to touchdowns in the end zone. I mean, that's like an <laughs> offense. It's like it's starting to come together. I can't. I can't argue that. Honestly, oh. I watched them, and I, I, I can't. I watched them um, as a Giant fan. I'm like, I still despise Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I thought you were a Jets fan. What? I'm messing with. You. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> no, not that. that not that. That's no, not that. That's much worse. Honestly, they're both terrible. But um, Jets, no, you know what? The Jets don't feel exciting. The Giants, even with even with Darnold's in there, but the Giants feel exciting. Uh, you know, I want to say something crazy here. I will okay. get back to the Giants. I don't think the Jets offensively down the stretch are going to be a wasteland. There, if, if you put, and you saw it last night, they played an exciting game on Monday Night Football versus the Patriots yeah. with Joe Flacco in there. Now, you, if you give me a, a healthy Sam Darnold, and you go three wide with Perriman, Mims, and Crowder. 
they're going to produce offensive stats because another team with a terrible defense. They're going to get in these high-scoring games, and, and people are going to beat the Jets 35-24. That's the type of team the Jets are going to be down the stretch. You're going to be able to get fantasy offensive goodness from this team, um, whether it's Crowd or Perriman. Listen, if you played somehow Perriman last night in a desperation play, you know he gave 27 fantasy points PPR-wise. So everybody that drafted Perriman, you might be in for a decent second half of the season using him as a flex play every week. Is, Same thing would with you give Crowder. Up? Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like you're more of a Crowder kind of guy, just from having read you the last three years and talked to you and just I overall f- friendship. Yes. Um, what would you try to give someone for James? <clears throat> so Jamison Crowder is on a bye this week. Yeah. Uh, now's probably the time to pounce because, I mean, he's on almost all rosters in fantasy, um, but not started in a lot of them. Yeah. Would would you try and pounce on him and maybe offer up? I know you don't like giving up running backs. I'm the same way. No, uh, I don't even care who you you bring up, right? And what if Noah Fant's your second tight end? Noah Fant for James. I guess he Crowder? got hurt. Yeah, I guess he got hurt. Like yeah, if no. you're trying to, I mean, you're, you're giving up a top six. You're giving up a top six, seven tight end at a position where tight ends are like gold right now to find. I'm mean, say if you got Kelsey and then you picked up Fant. I. I all right, give someone you want to try and trade. No, I, I, I can't. I can't honestly do that. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're trying to say, and Crowder would be somebody that I would be trying to look to acquire for down the stretch. Come out of the buy, he's a buy low right now. People, you know, the owner's probably um, frustrated as a Crowder owner. Too many injuries. If you could steal him for a little for a piece, um, yeah. I, I think right. Crowder could come back and be a you know an every week wide receiver three for your fantasy team. Or would you rather uh, just put a little bit in for Perriman, who's like four percent rostered across both? Both. I don't think leagues. you have to choose. I don't think you have to choose. That was my point of talking about this offense in a whole. And and even Mims looked really good. Now I know Crowder only played about sixty percent of the snaps. He's you know they, he gutted out his uh, his injury and uh, good for him. He caught a really nice touchdown too, but. I think that's the way the offense is going to look. It's another team with zero at the tight end position. So you could rely on these three targets uh, going forward. And that's it. Their run game is a joke with, with Frank Gore still getting all the carries and, and Gates' refusal to turn the backfield over to Pirine, who looks good when he gets the ball. Uh, God forbid they said, okay, the, she, the season shot, let's give uh, you know uh, our young kid the backfield instead of a 37-year-old. That's a mind-boggling thing, but just think this piece is there. But, Nando, back to the Giants, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I love Sterling Shepard going forward. Um, Slayton got completely wiped out of the, the game plan this past week. But, um, you know, I, I keep hearing everybody still staying in on Evan Ingram also, and I think there's light at the end of the tunnel for Evan Ingram owners. It's been a complete nightmare the first nine weeks. Finally gets into the end zone this past week. But he's got some really great matchups the rest of the season uh, against teams that struggle against the tight end. And again, to my point of how bad the tight end position is, you would have probably had Ingram six weeks ago, five weeks ago, outside the top 12, 14 at the tight end position with how he was performing. But now he keeps moving up and up and up to the point where he's a top 10 tight end again. Is there something to be said, like, for, for I guess, like the Pat Shermer offense is coming together. The Jason Garrett offense is coming together. That you know, if you, those four weeks of preseason that we lost, yeah. the entire off season, like now, mm-hmm. 
now is the time. Like, and these are little signs we should be picking up right now. Like these seasoned professionals. Uh, I guess you could. Um, no, you're one hundred percent right. No, you're yeah, just trying to think of a third. Right, right? What you're thinking? Right. I know what you're saying, and and it's this is the. You know, if you had a regular mini camps and everything like that and straight into a long training camp and maybe these teams would have gelled early and, and hit the ground running with new offensive systems. But, you know, it takes time. The quarterback comes in and has to learn a new system. And, you know, he only had weeks this year uh, playing wise instead of months. Well, now we're hitting the midway part and now it's like, OK, Things are starting to click on on the team's offenses with the new coaches. Same thing on the defensive side. If you look at certain defensive, uh, you know, uh, uh, certain teams that had new defensive coaches, they were lost early in the season. The defenses are starting to come around a little bit and not putting getting you know forty five points hung on them every week. You know, I want to check. I don't even know if this exists, but I'm going to DraftKings to check the the Giants' win total for the rest of the year. Check you get me all excited, win Chris. total for the rest like, like, of the year. Uh, the, yeah, like, they, they do adjusted win totals? I don't know. That's what I'm going to check. That's interesting. I I, um, I don't know if they do that or not, but. I don't know. think they do. Uh, I don't know. Hey, you know what? Screw it. This is going to take too long. No, yeah. Don't I love DraftKings, but it does take a little while to try and find some things. There's nothing worse than dead air for five minutes while you look at DraftKings. Well, Unless air, you man, want to just turn the show play. over to me and let me talk for five minutes while you. You do that. I mean, well, if you do that, I'm going to grab my keyboard and I'm going to play the theme song to the Chris Vaccaro show. That's what I needed the two minutes for earlier. And I just couldn't find it. Really? Is it <laughs> yeah. theme song? I got a keyboard right within reach, but I can't do it without stepping away from the computer. Uh, you know what I'm and, happy uh, about, Nando? You know, it's got a little pep in my step this week. Um, Let's see if you could guess because it's something that's returning in week 10. Oh, it's got to be Joe Mixon. You're the biggest Joe Mixon fanboy. Oh, in the that's world. such a great. That's like the runner-up answer. But the correct answer, number one answer on the board, is it's Nick Chubb week. Was it gonna be uh, column preview? Yes. Should I start thinking of the headlines and the pictures that you demand I put in your <laughs> in your columns? No, 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 you don't want to get into this, do you? <laughs> do you? Do you really want to go down this road about how hey, you make working. the headline You're- title something that I mention like? In one little sentence and not like what I talk about for like three paragraphs. Guess what? Okay. Those names uh, have made you one of the more popular writers that we have here at The Athletic. Uh, well, that's that's a shout out to all the, uh, the listeners and uh, the readers. So it's yeah. all thanks shout to out. you. It's all thanks to you. It's all thanks uh, to you. By the way, there is no Team Future on DraftKings. No? Well, I mean, there is for like championship winner, conference winner, division winner. Mm-hmm. Which the Giants are plus eleven hundred right now to win the division. Mm, I still think that. that's an Eagles. I still think that's an Eagles runaway, which well, I was Eagles actually what, three, able seven? to jump in on. Uh, you know, my book I think made an, an, a mistake that I jumped in on, and it was you know the Eagles were like minus two fifty about a week and a half ago to win the NFC East. Yeah, but when you go to the section where they give you updated odds on team to make the playoffs the eagles were plus 125 now if you could think along with me here if if you win the nfc east you make the playoffs so i jumped and pounded i'm talking pounded this bet that i really need the eagles to win the nfc east now 
So you make the playoffs. So at plus 125, it's the same thing as the, the people that are, you know, if you're a sucker, you're betting Eagles minus 250 to win the NFC East. So I think uh, my book messed up there. But, hey, sometimes you catch them slipping. That's true. Or yeah. though maybe they maybe they just know maybe they just know it, you know mm. what I mean? Maybe they're just like, let me get these suckers because the Giants are going to win at plus eleven hundred. Uh, I mean, realistically, the the, the odds should have been two fifty for both of them. But five dollars five dollars gets you sixty. For what? If you put the Giants to win the division, anyway, this is, come on, let's, let's come get on, back yeah, to Nick yeah, Chubb, yeah, Stop yeah. taking us off track. I yeah, mean, Nick Chubb. This is what it's, you do, Nanda. All right, so it's it's very obvious if we're like, hey, Nick Chubb's going to be awesome the rest of the year. But how about this? Is Nick I Chubb going to is he going to set the rest of the offense right? Basically, I think he comes back at the perfect time uh, to this Cleveland offense. I think their game plan has to. If you thought the Cleveland Browns were a heavy run team early in the season, wait till you get a load of them coming out of the bye with no Odell Beckham. Uh, that's the way I see it. I think this is a heavy Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb uh, run offense. Uh, Baker Mayfield would not be in my fantasy plans future-wise. Uh, I know we were all excited about uh, Higgins. Um, you know, Higgins and Landry, they'll, they'll contribute in the pass game just to, just to move the chains. I don't see them having huge games. I think this will be the most run-heavy offense uh, the rest of the season in football. I uh I well I mean agree. that's not like they were number one when Nick Chubb went down. Yeah, I mean Which, I'm not breaking news here. It's not yeah, like it's thank a hot you. take. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> you're full it's, of them today, man. Uh, thank you. It's not a hot take. It's just <laughs> um you know he came back. They activated him. They uh, all reports from every beat writer that I was looking uh, to follow uh, and read said that he looked just like his old self. Like no, you know n- nothing holding him back. He looked a hundred percent. So I guess all this time off got him back to uh, where he was beforehand. I think Sunday he hits the ground running and uh, comes back to the perfect matchup versus the Houston Texans run D, which is what I was scared of looking at the schedule going forward. I was like, ah, man, maybe because all the reports where he probably comes back week 11, you know, these past three, four weeks, everybody was saying now he probably won't be ready till 11 um, and, and he would miss this game versus the Texans, but. I think uh, I think everybody goes back into place. I think Kareem Hunt even needed this because I don't think Kareem Hunt uh, was shining as the lead back. Yeah, that, well, that's why that's why I mean, for weeks, well, a couple weeks, I was Dearness Johnson guy. I thought they would just keep the same system. How that work? But yeah. They did well. You know what? It was it was a good logical assumption to think that you're the number one rushing team. Now you're down to one running back. This whole time you've been using two. Why not take Dearness Johnson, who was like 13 for 90? when Nick Chubb went down and keep running him out there eight, 10, 12 times a week and just keep up the system that got you here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, I thought they would have, that made sense that they would have. Sometimes we swing and miss Nando. Sometimes we swing and miss buddy. So here's some good news for you. Nick Chubb, according to inside injuries, Nick Chubb is, he has an elevated injury risk uh, at 22%, which is actually decent. Uh, high is the bad one that you want. So we, we did this question for them. Nick, uh, Mixon, Chubb, and Sanders are all healthy to return according to their algorithm in week 10. Yeah. Uh, Mixon's very high for uh, uh, injury risk at 36%. Nick Chubb, please tell me that's your falcon. Huh? The bird? Is that your bird? I don't even I don't even hear what you're hearing. You don't hear the, you don't hear the bird? No. <laughs> that's gonna be, are you sitting in your patio? This is No, I'm in my I'm in my <laughs> living room. Your veranda? I'm in my living room with my headphones on. 
So and I, I that's probably why you can't I don't hear, hear it. That's All crazy right. that you hear that, but okay. I hear everything. Nick Chubb's twenty. Way what? to let yourself get distracted, Nando. Not distracted. I just by the Falcon. <laughs> Everyone can hear it. Mixon's thirty six percent. Nick Chubb is twenty two percent. Miles Sanders is twenty percent. So uh, Sanders obviously the best shot at returning in week ten and performing well without a setback. Followed by Chubb, and then Mixon has the worst. Yeah, um, that's some good things to say about Chubb, actually. Well, I mean, he's the one we've heard the most of, to be honest with you. I, we haven't heard anything as of right now about Joe Mixon returning, and, and I'm still, you know, it's not like uh, sure we'll get the practice reports as this week starts now, but I don't know if it's a a lock that he's back, and I really haven't heard much on Miles Sanders either. I know we expect Miles Sanders back, but. You know, this is huge for fantasy teams, though, Nando, because as the running back market dries up and there really is no more than maybe six guys that are consistent and the the Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara owners have such a leg up as if they were the Travis Kelsey and George Kittle tight end owners, you know, obviously before the Kittle injury at the sure. tight end position, but at the running back position, if you own these guys in your leagues, you have such a leg up advantage on the rest of the field. God forbid you have two of them. You know, let's mix in Aaron Jones going forward, I think, as well. But now all those teams, you have to assume that those teams that have the Kamaras, the Henrys, the Dalvin Cooks, they might also be the guys that are getting their second round picks back in the Chubbs, the Mixons, and maybe the Sanders. So yeah, you gotta now look at you're really taking off. You know? You're making you're making a big trade right now, in essence, without having to give anybody up. Exactly, exactly. And as the other, listen, this is a wide receiver. We're going through on a weekly basis now. The wide receivers are really starting to blow up, and you're seeing some big production out of the wide receiver position. So the wide receiver market isn't going to separate you from the rest of the teams in in this field, unless you're. You hit everything. Unless you're the Devontae Adams first or second round pick along with the DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen in the sixth, you know? Uh, if, yeah. You know, I see teams like that. You just can't mess with teams like that. That's going to, you know, they can get by at running back position. Um, those are consistent. But at the running back, posi- mm-hmm. at running back, you might need these guys. These might, These three guys might be the difference in you winning championships or not right now if they come back and they all produce like we all drafted them to be and now you pair them with the big time first round hits in fantasy this year that might be the winning combo yeah it's good i mean it's it's gonna be interesting my, one of my favorite things at the end of the year is looking at like the the league winner yes right and like from like for, you know okay this is being dramatic but like curtis samuel mm-hmm. could end up being like not a league winner maybe but i mean he just I don't think enough people respected the fact that there was an entirely new coaching regime coming into Carolina. That whole Turner system's gone. Ron Rivera's gone. And they brought in Matt Rule. And so it's not going to be the DJ Moore show. And they brought in Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson's clicked with his old college coach. Yeah. And Curtis Samuel's coming in like this X factor. Um, and it's, I don't know. Like, I don't think enough people put it. And you know what? The Samuel in a weird thing way, is weird though, isn't it, Nando? No, he was before what? last year. He was running neck and neck with DJ Moore. They were like seven hundred yards and a bunch of touchdowns each. Uh, okay, but Robbie Anderson wasn't there, so I mean, he was yeah. you know a top two, you know, at, at receiver. You know, nobody wanted Curtis Samuel this year in in on fantasy draft day. Like he was an afterthought. 
And I have to go back and look at the the weekly numbers for Samuel, but I picked him up weeks ago in, in some leagues. So people were dropping him, you know, after the first month. So it's not like he hit the ground running this year where he was taken off. He was an afterthought. I'm right. I'm saying what I'm confused at is what happened all of a sudden in this past month that he's an every week starter now. You know, well, actually, all of a sudden it's like, wow, Samuel's like right there as one of their main guys. And now it might even and now it might even take off even more, Nando, because you brought back McCaffrey uh, for one week. He gets hurt. I want to you know, we're still waiting on what the news is with the shoulder issue, if he's going to miss some time or what. But if if it goes back to a Mike Davis backfield, this is why Samuel was getting so many touches lately. They were putting him in the backfield and giving him carries, too. So that could be another reason. If, If McCaffrey's out for two, three weeks, Samuel's an automatic start. Well, what I found crazy was that Samuel. So I thought McCaffrey coming back is going to take away that that Curtis Samuel, um, goodness. And what it did was it gave him his best game of the year, basically. Yeah, um, strange. Yeah. Well, I was so I was on the Sunday night um, CBS Twitch stream, the CBS Fantasy Twitch stream with Azer, and they brought in Brian McFadden as a guest. Um, and I asked McFadden, I'm like, hey, like this. It was right after Curtis Samuel had the big game, and I'm like, you know, I thought McCaffrey would come back. Samuel would kind of lose, you know, a lot of his opportunity and stuff. And instead he had like the best game of his season. And he's like, yeah, so here's basically what happened. I'm paraphrasing. But like Curtis Samuel was able to play because McCaffrey was out and they were able to use him in the way they should have been using him. And that brought up his confidence. And McFadden's the second, like Emery Hunt had talked about confidence with Nelson Aguilar before. And that's like the difference. Like you just, you get his confidence up and there you go. And they got, they got his confidence up. And McCaffrey came back, and they realized they got two guys like McCaffrey now that they can use in a lot of these roles. And Samuel's just going to thrive the rest of the time. Um, and then Brandon Howard, our new writer, Brandon Howard, says, he said like the same thing. He's like, hey, they finally realized what they had in Curtis Samuel. Like They finally started using him like they should, and they have two McCaffreys. And he wrote a whole thing on Curtis Samuel before this week about how he could be used and should be used. So I don't know, man. Like he's, I, I really hope he keeps this up. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a chip that, um, you know, could come off your deep bench or the waiver wire, like I said a couple of weeks ago, and make a fantasy impact for you down the stretch. It looks like he's definitely going to be a big part of this offense uh, going forward. Chris Vaccaro, uh, fantasy, well, high stakes Hall of Famer, NFFC Hall of Famer, uh, you know, real life Hall of Famer, good guy. Would you, would you feel more comfortable? And I guess the question is, would you rather have at this point, Brashad Perriman or Curtis Samuel uh, on your, on your, End of the bench, I guess. Samuel. I'll take Samuel. Just, you know, the better offense. Um, and, uh, you know, he's getting the more touches. You know, sure, we saw Perriman have the one big game. But uh, it's not enough for me to take him over Samuel. All right. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, Chris, uh, proprietor of the Greenwich Street Tavern bar slash restaurant in New York City. Um, how often on Sundays do you just roll in and be like, just give me 36 wings, 12 boneless, and then just grab them and bring them home and watch football all day? I've uh, probably never done that in my life. Nando. That's a, so thanks. Yeah, like, <laughs> roll in, three. roll in, say, yeah, I'm here. Give me wings and I'm leaving. No. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, it doesn't happen. What's the point of owning a bar if you're not going to roll up and get the best boneless wings in New York City? Uh, I, I mean, I guess, I guess uh, you're right, Nando. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know what? This Sunday, I'm going to do that. How about that? I'll tell you what, man. I know mm-hmm. we brought this up on the show before, but the I know you missed those wings. Oh, it's not the wings. Oh man, so good, right? It's so good. <laughs> I can I just cannot like. I'm so excited. For the vaccine, uh, because, <laughs> because I'm excited for the vaccine, so I could go back to the bar and have eggs Benedict. I just want to. I'm going to spend a day. I'm going to get. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go there for eggs Benedict. I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to have boneless wings for lunch, and uh, I'm going to get a sampler platter for that little time between when you're kind of hungry, but it's not yet dinner time. Yes. Um, and then I'm just going to. I'm going to see what's on. You know, I don't really explore the menu as much as I should. But you know you did the Barstool Sports Burger that they rated you the nine point five or whatever. Maybe you'll get a yeah, burger. Yeah, they got a really high. Uh, that was yeah. our Greenwich uh, Tavern Burger with the uh, the barbecue sauce, bacon, and the um, uh, the the fried uh, onions. Can Very we talk some fantasy, please? Can we get in the fantasy, please? Jesus, yes, not the yes, and can. a Pepsi, and a Pepsi, and a Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, no. How about your Kobe Myers last night? Uh, announcing his presence in the fantasy world and i think I that's going to be a constant thing uh cam locked in on him and jacoby myers uh is one of those guys like i was talking about jerry judy early i think that jacoby myers is going to be seen on a lot of fantasy championship teams here's the thing that just worries me and mm. not i'd love to embrace him um and jake was all over him but they made that trade for isaiah ford um and he's like, if you look at his numbers, he's like, I spent like 86% of the time this season in the slot. Um, yeah, it's, go ahead. I just wouldn't be, I mean, Myers slot guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they just brought Ford in along slowly in the slot. And, you know, I don't I know if that's, that it was a move was, to scare him. Or I, no, I think that move was just based on Julian Edelman uh, going on IR and then running really low at the wide receiver position. I mean, think about it. How, who does this team have? We talked about. Um, Gunnar Lazuski. Yeah, oh, very. that was well said. Um, I, you, you look at this team as an offense, it's garbage. The, the Patriots are right there with the Colts in terms of nothing. Um, so, but Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, he's that something now, uh, you know, in that Patriot offense. And I, and I just think that move, the trade was, I think Julian Edelman might be out. They mentioned it last night during the game. They hope to get him back this year. And I was like, whoa, you know, I thought this was a two, three knee scope type thing, you know? And now yeah. they're talking long term. Maybe they just shut Edelman down, and they're like, "Hey, listen, this is a lost season, and uh, no, no need to hurry back." You don't think? I mean, you don't think it'll be a little bit exciting when you have Keel Harry back from the concussion fully, and then you know now Jacoby Myers is broken out, and Cam can punch well, in a couple why is touchdowns. Why so in love with Nikhil Harry still? What's this kid done that everybody still looks at Nikhil Harry like, "Oh, when's he coming back?" And I, it's just not there with Nikhil Harry. You know, it's Jacoby Myers is a thing, though. 
Well, I think people would ask the same question about like Sam Darnold, but there's a lot of Sam Darnold rooters still out there. Uh, oh. No, I, I mean, I, I don't understand how we went from Nikhil Harry at the wide, wide receiver position to Sam Darnold, but I will young, say that Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold has passed the eye test to me. Uh, you know, a lot of people are down on Darnold. Uh, I'm not. If you remember that touchdown versus the Niners weeks ago, that that's an NFL quarterback right there. He just doesn't have the talent around. The wait till wait. Don't judge Sam Darnold yet until you put him back in this Jets offense the last five six weeks of the season and give him the three receivers that we spoke about earlier. Then yeah. let's see what his deal is. They're just going to be in a terrible position for Sam Darnold. That is that they're going to get the number one pick. It's an automatic that you have to take Trevor Lawrence. He's going to come out. Everybody's like, oh, now now the talk this week is, what's Lawrence going to do? Lawrence isn't going back to Clemson. The guy could have came out last year if he was eligible and, and been the number one pick. He's, he's not going to pass on the opportunity to be a quarterback in New York, make crazy endorsement money. He's going to be the number one overall pick. The Jets are, have to take him. It's an Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning situation in Indianapolis. The only difference is Manning, you know, was old at the time uh, <laughs> and, and coming off injury. And Darnold is a young quarterback. So they're going to have to flip Darnold for whatever they can get for him. That sounds more like a Josh Rosen problem. Well, Josh right? Rosen sucks. I mean, like, but I mean, Arizona had to get rid of him to yeah. bring in Kyler Murray. Oh, and there will be a new I'm, coaching staff, right? I, I assume Adam Gase isn't going to make it. No, Gase won't be there. I, I I keep thinking, all right, they're going into a bye week. Gase will get fired now, but I don't think it's even worth it for them to be like, yeah, you fired. Or like, why would you? Yeah, why would you fire? Him? Yeah, you might as well just stick it out and fire him. The you know the right. day after the season ends, just like every uh, you know what do they call it Black Monday. Yeah, he's yeah. he's number one on the Black Monday list. I don't know if he is, man. He survived so much. I don't. I don't. I think you're wrong, but we'll uh, see. We'll see. We'll see, man. I mean, yeah. you know, it's well, whatever. Uh, just one quick note on that. We got to wrap it up because we're running out of time. And what a great show this was. Ready? What a great Chris Vaccaro show this was. Yeah, can you believe it? Went quick, huh? It seems like the bird was crowing twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny how you hear it, and I don't. But all right, I don't. I think that's just physics and acoustics. Yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Harris. Uh, so I went through and I sorted the rushing attempts leaders from week six to nine. Um, I figured that was a nice, you know, big enough sample size, show some trends, but, you know, be recent enough to kind of give us an idea of what's happening. Damian Harris is number 10. Uh, and I don't know if that speaks to the sad state of running back, like you keep mentioning, mm-hmm. but the list is it's Derek Henry has the most, 81. Todd Gurley, 80. David Montgomery, 68. James Conner, 64. Ezekiel Elliott, 61. James Robinson, 59. Josh Jacobs, 55. Dalvin Cook, 52. Ronald Jones, 46. Philip Lindsay, 46. And Damian Harris, 46. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just, we'll wrap it up on this. Just talking about the Patriots anyways. Damian Harris um, kind of at least asserted himself into like uh, RB2 for a fantasy team. Well, let's see on the injury front because he left the game in the fourth quarter last night, pretty hurt and limped back to the locker room. Uh, So I don't know what the injury is, but he got helped off. Uh, We'll see. Rex Burkhead impressed me though. Uh, Again, I, this Rex Burkhead won't die. Uh, It's one of those backfields. Damian Harris looks like the most talented back and he should be in there, but he's going to be that early down back. He comes out, you know, on third down for Burkhead and, and White, which was crazy to me that like James White disappeared in this Patriots offense now. And Rex Burkhead, 
you know, even plays ahead of him, uh, you know, even on the, the passing downs. So James White's just an afterthought now. But if Harris checks out okay, yeah, he's in that RB. It was just his, ch- his... It was chest, wasn't it? Who? Wind knocked out. Harris? Yeah. I, I mean, he stayed down on the field for a while with team doctors uh, and, right. and then went back to the locker room. I don't know how many people getting the wind knocked out of them and going to the locker room. but I don't know either. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But it, it's, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's a serviceable RB2, you know, on most weeks. But he's going to be touchdown reliant. He doesn't catch the ball. And, uh, you know, he, he's got to get in the end zone to produce or you wind up with a seven-point fantasy night. You know, you get 70 rushing yards. But what does that do for me? Not much. Not much. But, I mean, it's it's better than the guys below him, maybe. That's, you know. Uh, if you can't find seven fantasy points to put in your RB2 spot, then what are you doing? You're not going to win many weeks. You it's know, tough it's, right now. Uh, it, it is. But give me J.D. McKissick uh, over him at RB2 every week. Matt Breda? Uh, we, I mean, we haven't. Uh, I mean, assuming he comes back healthy. Yeah, if assuming he comes back healthy. There's some there's some teams that are really messed up at the running back position. I know. Uh, I the know. Chargers are now at the head of that list. Chargers, I think, have 17 running backs, and <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy. They they actually ran Kalen Balage the most. Um, yeah, because Jackson was hurt though. He gets hurt first play of the game, ruins fantasy players' lives on, on Sunday because Jackson was in a position to get, you know. 20 plus touches with his catches and everything. And in that game, the way Balaj and Josh Kelly were catching balls out of the backfield, Jackson would have had a 20 point fantasy day. Instead, fantasy owners had to eat a zero. So that you was know, tough. You know what would be a good idea? Mm-hmm. Uh, show about handcuffs and backup running backs. Oh my God. You know what? You, you know, that's a great idea. And it sounds like a Thursday type of thing. It is more of a Thursday show. It is. Right. It is definitely yeah, Thursday. That's a Thursday thing. Yeah. Not a Tuesday uh, type thing. Tuesday, we cover the league and try and talk about as many players as we want. But on a Thursday, you should like just sit down and say, hey, if you're the Dalvin Cook owner, what should you do? Get Alexander Madison. Like, that's definitely what, you know, you know, you should do for Thursday. You know, you've uh, you've banned me from talking about Austin Mack on the show, and you really think I'm going to talk about something as obvious as Alexander Madison? Thank you all for jo- We got to go. Thank you all for joining us on the Chris Vaccaro Show. Oh, fantastic! Just wait. I, like I got, I got to, I got to write a whole song for next week. Oh, I can't wait. Make sure it's better than that. I got to figure out how to turn the beats on. <laughs> you know, you ever just buy a keyboard because you're like, I'm going to learn piano again, and uh, you don't do anything with it, and it just sits in the corner for a while? No. <laughs> he only talks about players. Oh, that's got a good beat. more than 70% of leagues. Beat. He doesn't eat his own wings for some reason. And hates birds in his backyard. It's the Chris Vaccaro Show. It's the Chris Vaccaro Show. We gotta go, everybody. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. For our producer, Michael Beller. I'm Nando DeFino. You've been listening to the Chris Vaccaro Show. Make sure you join us again next week for more fun. Actually, make sure you join us tomorrow for more of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. But next week, Chris Vaccaro will be back. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.